0: Danny Stover, our producer, flipped me a really interesting piece uh, in the conversation.com about the 874 people that were arrested for their part in the January 6th insurrection, many because they shared their performance crime online. Their what? Performance crime. It's a thing. And you are not alone. I had no idea that this existed until yesterday. I also needed to be schooled and still do on this new and varied phenomena. And here to talk about it, Dr. Sandra Jeppesen, who is a professor of media, film and communications at Lakehead University. Welcome to the show.
1: Good morning. Thanks, Kelly, for having me. Well, thanks for
0: joining us. First of all, I, I, I think it's kind of explanatory, performance crime. But let's, uh, you know, when you break down both r- the the words and put them together, it's it's fairly obvious what it is. But maybe you could school us in uh, the exact meaning.
1: Yeah, so uh, you've got it exactly right there, Kelly. So uh, it does take a crime being committed, so something illegal is being done, um, and but the performance part is. Um, that it's being filmed or it's being photographed or somehow documented. And then the other piece of that that might not be as obvious is that there has to be an audience. So uh, people are sharing it on social media now. And back in the day... Uh, before social media, we still had performance crime, but it was harder for people to get into the media. The mainstream media had to cover them. Now there's a kind of a direct link from the performance crime performers, <laughs> if you want to call them that, um, to their audience through social media. So it's a lot, it's becoming a lot more popular as a so result. So
0: performance crime, could you actually take it, you know, back all the way to Lincoln being shot in the, uh, in the theater because this person that shot him knew there'd be... In that case, there is a actual audience, but knew there would be a lot of people around to witness it.
1: Uh, That's a that's a good example. I haven't actually read much on that example. But yeah, um, I think uh, it's important that the person committing the crime has the audience in mind. So, yeah, I think that would be a good example of a kind of old school performance crime.
0: Okay, so walk us through the various types of performance crime, because there's more than one.
1: Well, there's a whole spectrum. And I think, um, you know, from sort of pranks to, uh, to really serious performance crimes. So I'll just give examples at both ends. And we can think of the Capitol riots, insurrection, performance crimes also has a whole spectrum. But um, outside of that, so there's an example of a couple of uh, uh, guys in California, Alan and Alex Stokes twins, who are YouTubers. And they uh, were filming a pranked, Bank robber robbery. So they weren't actually robbing the bank, but they had on the masks, uh, the balaclavas. They were doing all of the things as if they were robbing the bank. It wasn't uh, on a film set or anything. And, uh, you know, somebody saw them doing this and called the police. The police came, the real police, not the film's police. Um, they also had called an Uber as their getaway car. So, I mean, it was a kind of funny, but also the police didn't know that it was a performance. They just saw the crime aspect and they held the Uber driver at gunpoint. It could have had very serious consequences. Um, uh, but anyway, they were charged with a misdemeanor in the end. Uh, hmm. At the other end of the spectrum. So, yeah, it can be funny and people are doing it to, you know, like they have uh, 24 million uh, subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so that translates to, to a lot this. of money. Yeah, right.
0: It's being don't monetized. have to rob a bank. You can just laugh all the way to it.
1: <laughs> right. Via uh, your social media. Uh, monetization. Right. Um, But um, which does raise some questions we might want to get into later about the responsibility of the platforms around this. Now, so when it's a prank, we can kind of laugh it off a little bit. But the other example um, to take the other extreme is the New Zealand mosque shooting in uh, uh, 2019, where uh, a gunman, uh, uh, you know, live streamed on Facebook his uh, route shooting uh, 51 people in two different mosques. And it was a hate based crime, a race, you know, a race racist crime and resulted in, you know, death. And uh, it was live streamed on Facebook, as I said, and it looked apparently, I never saw it, but it looked like a first person shooter video game. And it was spread all over the internet, hundreds and thousands of shares And, um, you know, we also want to think about the monetization of that is very problematic.
0: And that's multiple crimes being committed, not just in the case of the crimes being committed at the mosque. But when you broadcast that, that's another crime, you know, when you're subjecting people to it. It's it's really uh, a horrific thing when you think about Mm -hmm. the reach that these performance crimes have, depending on what kind of crimes being committed. So how much responsibility do do social media platforms bear when it comes to broadcasting this?
1: Well, so in the case of the New Zealand mosque, so we're going a bit off from the capital riots here, but I think it's interesting. Um, well, I think the capital riots can be
0: included. I mean, it, it was I an know. insurrection.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and, and copycats and,
0: can occur because they've seen right. other people get attention.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in the in the, in the case of the New Zealand shooting, um, a lot of the the big tech kind of got together and tried to form a counterterrorism organization. And I think um, they were able to share uh some of the tags in a subsequent shooting and reduce the uh the sharing of that event. Um I think that raises another question, like who's who's who are they accountable to in a sense, mm-hmm. right? So if they're taking that on to do that themselves, it's not under any kind of democratic governance. So um, where who's regulating it and who who's being held accountable to whom is is a really important question there. And I think I'm going to pick up on a term that your previous uh, guest used, which is oligopoly. Like that's what we have with social media platforms, right? There are two or three dominant platforms, and they seem to almost be outside of regulation at this point. And so to bring it back to to the January 6th, so what happened there was that we saw, as you mentioned, a lot of people. Um, breaking windows, fighting with police, uh, you know, scaling walls, being in places they shouldn't have been, stealing things, and this mm-hmm. was all highly documented. Some people have called it the, um, you know, the highest uh, documented crime in history, um, mass performance crime is what I call it. And um, what we found in our deep dive into that data, um, the social media data, was that um, it seemed that the people who were doing the most intensive political actions, what we call the political performance crimes, they were the ones least likely, actually, to film themselves and post to social media. Because they knew what easy. they were
0: doing. It was the they, ones that right. into, they were performing the crime. They hadn't premeditated it, possibly. You know, they might have had a loose idea. But you know, they became a performance crime when they decided to post it to get attention.
1: Right. And I think some of, some of those people didn't realize that they, what they were doing was illegal. We've seen that in the trials um, in, uh, in some of these cases that they said, well, the president told me to come here. So, of course, it must be legal. And or the police let me in. So, therefore, I thought it couldn't possibly be illegal what I was doing. And then they've, they've, they're charged with parading and um, various well, things but then when you start stealing things and posing for you know mainstream media also you know you you yeah that's going to obviously get you into some
0: trouble Boy, and boy, oh boy, are we ever seeing uh, the results of that now. 874 people arrested for their part in the January 6th insurrection. And the hearing's going on right now. We'll find out yeah. who else falls because of this. But I have to wrap it up because I've actually got a news update with Dave Bradley standing by. But Dr. Sandra, it has been fa- fascinating talking to you. And I'm going to keep your number if you don't mind. That would be great. Thanks so much, Kelly. Have a great day. Dr. Sandra Jeppesen is a professor of media, film and communications at Lakehead University.